five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Omni at Omnistrike. And we have breaking news. That's right, breaking news you'll only hear on RSP. Sam, at another Sam Chan, signed a contract. He is back for another season with the podcast. Should I make like news sounds at din, 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 running in the background? <laughs> Well, I gotta admit, I, I uh, was free agent for a while. I dabbled in <laughs> in Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, did my placements or whatever you call them in in Team Deathmatch. Got headshot a lot, and so I'm happy to be back, boys. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I'm, I'm glad you finally, you know, came down from your seven figure salary requests and decided to accept something more reasonable. Uh, take a little, give a little, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, Team it's, player, it, it's how this business will run you gotta you know be collaborative in our approach but uh welcome back we missed you for an episode uh, we're also going to be joined a little bit later on uh, by alfred devera he's the head of esports communications and team operations for the vancouver titans and seattle surge uh, i had a chance to sit down with him at vancouver titans hq uh just a uh, a day ago well okay the building is fancy i mean you the Three of us have actually been there. It's where we recorded our our player interviews last year. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we're going to get into it a little bit with Alfred. Uh, he's got some uh, things he's going to share with us about the Vancouver Titans, some news that you have not heard anywhere else, uh, some other interesting uh, bits on what's going on with the team right now. And then we've got some breaking news straight from the mouth of Alfred about to when you might see the Titans in town. But you know what? It's going to be a long episode. I don't want to waste too much of your time. So why don't we take a moment before jumping into the payload? Moving the payload. Join me. I don't know if it has to do with me flipping tables, jumping into Titan's Court, into the Ask Titan staff channel, and dropping some serious, I, I wouldn't use the term upset, but maybe disgruntlement. Uh, but we now have an official roster announcement for your Vancouver Titans with absolutely no surprises. So we had thought last episode that the language that uh, Anthony Morocco uh, was using regarding the roster seemed a little bit odd. And, and that's not to suggest that what he was saying was not true. It's just that instead of being explicit and say, here's our roster, here is our eight players that we're going to run with, we were hitting, oh, the roster's locked. We don't expect to, to sign anything more. We have what we have. We've told you everything. And what I thought might be occurring was that it was the hedging of bets that, oh, if you're going to sign roster player number nine, you don't go and put together an announcement or something official. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at a day or two later, drop in, oh, we signed cool Matt. Spoiler alert. Wow. Retired. But, uh, the official roster was shared in a video. Uh, Janu, Fisher, Somansu, Haxel, Stitch, Slime, Twilight, Rujan. Everyone we already knew. The question I have to the two of you, though, is that roster big enough? Uh, probably not. And I'd say that for an eight-player team, even going into uh, 2019, 
but take into account travel this time and it's going to be scary. I mean, long flights, hotel rooms, jet lag, different weather and food. So you're at much a higher risk to get sick or, you know, just in plain need of rest. Uh, in, in that league, you're kind of that that's kind of dead to you. It's called uh, load management. There's a lot of debate about it now. <laughs> and yeah, knock on wood, our roster is going to be at least as healthy as they were uh, last season. But we're really slim. And we don't have backups for what uh, main support off tank, I, unless you count like a Samensu. And lastly, probably for the most controversial spot in main tank. So ugh. we don't we don't have backups for the stomach flu. True for the fire noodles as well. Yeah. So um, from from my perspective, I think I think the travel angle has kind of been beat to death by every every analyst out there. It's like, gee, travel's a thing. Yeah, we. I, I think we've talked about that enough, but I think one of the the things that hasn't been talked about is that one of the reasons the shock were so successful is they were able to kind of roll with any meta. They were multi meta. Right. Um, and big reason for that was they would swap, they would swap in the league MVP and arguably the best player in the world uh, for another very good player and, and win because that other player practiced a meta that, that you know uh, Sinatra didn't and so we really saw the strength in numbers kind of play out and was successful for the shock and so while every team is gearing up to add more bodies maybe it's for travel maybe it's for practice I don't know um, what's been proven is that deeper squads should be succeeding that is the the you know roster creation meta right now and so to go back from that, and I think we're going to hear later from Alfred why they chose to do this. I think that's cause for concern. I wouldn't say that we're it's dire, but just logically speaking, it it doesn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, the shock now they have like ten players. So uh, like if you look at the rosters across the boards outside of those teams that signed up a total like a uh, bench of six players, so they have twelve. Uh, they. Some 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 positions are kind of thin. Even if you look at the shock, they only have Moth and Violet in support. But I totally agree. It's not just a matter of health. It's a matter of also rotating players. Like even us in last seasons, we, we saw how uh, we've pretty successfully inserted, unless you count like the grand finals, we've, we've inserted uh, Tizzy into the lineup just because of uh, meta change. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of worrisome. We're going to hear Alfred's comments on the the size of the roster. It was a question that I presented to him, uh, and he provided us a very similar response to the one that we've heard so far in Titan Scored from from Anthony Morocco. Uh, But he did, and that is Anthony Morocco in Titan Scored, go on to say that they are having open dialogue with several additional players to address needs as they arise. Mm. Uh, And I think, you know, when that was shared, um, initially as well as that, well, you know, we're, we're ensuring that we're going to, we're going to adjust as, as the need arises so that there are many out there, ourselves included, that kind of look at a roster size of eight and maybe suggest isn't the need there. Yeah. I, I will concede though. We look at last season and functionally the Vancouver Titans could have run with a roster of seven. Hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, someone might say six, but I would say seven because we saw that switch of Tizzy for for Bumper in the playoffs. Yeah, and who knows what was going on there behind the scenes. Right, and and you know we're not trying to suggest there was anything, but it, I could see that argument. It's just that this season uh, in 2020 is 
completely different. You have the travel that's going to be taking place. We're going to see shifts in meta. That is going to happen. I don't know if the, yeah. either one of you saw that uh, uh, there was a post uh, from Uncle Jeff on the, the forums. But he was talking about how they had an experiment where they were testing out a, uh, a queue of, of one tank, three DPS to support. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a number of reasons why they're doing that. And it's not something that they're going to necessarily fall on yet, but they're, they're starting to sort of address the possibility of further adjustment and, uh, and what have you. So and again, these are things that, that the development team are doing day in and day out. So we're going to see the shifts and we look at our, our roster as it is today and wonder, wouldn't it be nice to sort of be ahead of the curve instead of sort of falling behind, which I think fairly many might argue occurred to the Titans last season. The moment goats was no longer part of meta was when we started to see the chink in that armor that they were wearing. And eventually whatever happened, happened and your face of the franchise, your main tank is not even starting in the playoffs. And not only that, like just another note on that comment about having an open dialogue for saying more players. I hope they also have an open dialogue with a really awesome uh, immigration lawyer because uh, <laughs> with that travel schedule, it's going to be really, really tough to bring someone on board. I think much tougher than last year if you are willing to sign someone uh, when the season has started with a visa. Hey. And mm-hmm. Alfred actually shares his thoughts well, there, uh, on yeah. that process. Yeah, I'm not trying to take away. I want you to, to continue listening to this, this <laughs> podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> fast forward this part. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, there is uh, going to be some conversation about travel, uh, visa needs, what have you. The other comment that uh, came out of Titans Cord that I thought uh, was important to share uh, was from uh, Robert, and I think it's Olas. And if if he is listening to this podcast, please feel free to correct me on the pronunciation. Uh, but he is, uh, I believe, in charge of the the partnerships uh, and and what have you. Uh, he had commented there will be watch parties, but what he did ask in Titans Cord is for any suggestions to make them even better than they were last season. So. I would strongly recommend you take him up on that opportunity in Titans Cord by letting both him and others know what you want. We have had a few people that have said, hey, why doesn't, you know, RSP have like a live show at a watch party? Or, you know, why doesn't uh, RSP do something? And we'd love to. If you're part of RSP Cord, we've sort of shared that, yeah, we'd love to. We've floated some ideas their way last season. And they Titans seem to be responsive, but ultimately that's all it was. If you, the community, were to also suggest we'd like to hear this, it comes across much differently than three guys who like the sound of their own voice suggesting it as an opportunity. So, you know, if you want the Ready Set Poem live show to happen as like a pre show or a post show at a watch party, is that something you want to be part of? Something you want to, to, to see? Jump in the Titans Court, let Robert and, and everyone know uh, that that's something that you want. And again, that's just one of many things. I've heard many people say, oh, they should do this watch parties. I love that you tell me. And please, you know, keep t- letting us know. But we now have an avenue to connect with the Vancouver Titans uh, in Titans Court and Discord. Uh, and I strongly encourage you to use that. The last item I wanted to talk about in the payload before we jump into the interview with uh, Alfred is that uh, the Vancouver Titans uh, mistakenly 
tweeted that Overwatch 2 was coming this year. Now, that tweet is long since gone, and the, the mea culpa was that uh, it was simply uh, misspoken. They're just trying to generate hype. And I, w- I want to add an asterisk to this. Um, I'm simply bringing it up because it did happen, and I'm going to have a little bit of fun at their expense. So I apologize that we're doing this. But um, the uh, list has now grown. It's PlayStation International, Walmart Canada, uh, friend of the show Katrina pointed out Fanatics and the Vancouver <laughs> Titans are the four sources of the best leaks when it comes to uh, gaming. Yeah, well, I believe them that it wasn't like done on purpose, but I I'm kind of iffy about it not being true or like a typo because honestly, I can't imagine Overwatch not Overwatch two not coming in 2020 or at most like during Q1 in 2021 because. So many resources are pushed towards it, and, and like the current Overwatch version or what we see now in Overwatch League are, are so neglected, and they are dearly in need of some refreshments. and And we, we're we're not seeing, and Jeff said it uh, himself uh, that we're not going to see a lot of uh, significant content added. So therefore, no maps or no new characters pushed into Overwatch One. So Overwatch is no longer the beast it used to be like two, three years ago. And for Overwatch League to survive into seasons four, five, and who knows how much beyond, Overwatch Two needs to come sooner than later, in my opinion. And I think there are sort of signs that Overwatch 2 could happen in 2020. Um, we're going to have two new consoles right. in, in 2020 holiday season. Um, the the points that you've made that, you know, Jeff Kaplan was straight out saying, you know, we're, we're not going to see the same cadence of uh, development within the game to new heroes and new maps that we have seen to this stage. The focus is now more on refinement right. of, of the characters and, and the gameplay itself. So, So are they saying that, you know, up till now, we've been flourishing with the number of new characters that have came, come out? Well, I don't necessarily agree that maybe flourishing is. It's just that there's <laughs> been a cadence. Like, it's very predictable. Uh, you Fair know, enough. Map, character, map, character. We almost know, like, okay, this is the to the date that we're going to have a new map. This is the date we're going to have a new character. And that's sort of where I think uh, Uncle Jeff sort of hedged his best. I won't be as consistent as you've come to expect. And I think that was just to, to temper expectations as we see this transition Overwatch 2. But in the next instance, uh, Kaplan goes and says that Overwatch 2, no dates, nothing soon, and not even, you know, Blizzard soon. So right. take that for what it's mm-hmm. worth. Again, we talked about it in the last episode, uh, PlayStation Brazil says it's happening this year, and now the Vancouver Titans, uh, through the slip of a tongue, and that may have been all it is, uh, suggested it was too. But hey, you know what? I- I'm I'm happy continuing to play the game uh, as it exists today. Are I you gonna? Perfect, but I do enjoy it. Are you gonna upgrade to PC two as well? Oh, I'm gonna be on PC two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> <laughs> um. The uh, final thing about uh, the game, because you just totally distract me, that I said about enjoying. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, uh, Schmidtstorm, Sam and I had some seriously good uh, hijinks this weekend, playing a little classic QP. Hmm. That was to celebrate my new contract. Yes, that totally was what it was. Uh, we had Schmidtstorm sleeping Faras out of like midair. Um me playing Reinhardt and not knowing that I had a shield. At one point, I think the only <laughs> well, elims. When I was are you? When are you going charges. to? 
when are you going to learn this fact? It has been like, what, four years now since the game came out? It's right click, right? <laughs> maybe maybe I've unbound. I don't know. Um, Probably. And, and you know, it, it, was, it was actually good fun. We even had someone so salty they told us to go suck a toe. So, you know, oh, we've had a Not suck a toe, toe, just suck oh, toe. Oh, suck toe, yeah. Suck toe. Straight up. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, bring Alfred in, uh, and you'll get to learn more about what's going on in the world of the Vancouver Titans. Come out and face me! So here we are sitting at Vancouver Titans headquarters here in Vancouver. I'm sitting down with the head of esports communications and team operations, Alfred Devera. Alfred, thank you for uh, sitting down with us here at Ready Set Bone. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks for uh, trekking through the snow to get here. Yeah, it's uh, something else. Now, for those of you who, who listen to the podcast and don't know Vancouver, and you have this stereotypical idea of Canada as being this frozen tundra, Vancouver is the tropical component of Canada. And I, I use tropical loosely because it just means it doesn't snow here. But when it does, this city shuts down. Um, I don't know if you actually recall, and we're going to go a little off the rails here. There was a year we had so much snow in Vancouver that I think the San Jose Sharks got snowed into Vancouver. That's right, I remember that. And the Vancouver Canucks got snowed out and the game had to be rescheduled. Yep, that's right. Not that level of snow, yeah. but that's just to put into perspective how crazy things can be when it does. No, I, I went to university here and I was saying this to you in the elevator, um, going to Simon Fraser University, there's not a lot of snow plows in the city of Burnaby. So anytime a little trickle of snow hit the ground, we could I could be assured that Classes were probably going to be canceled later that night or, or the next day, and I could probably procrastinate a little bit more. But afterwards, after I graduated school, I, I lived in Calgary, and that was not the case. There could oh. be five feet of snow, and you better get your, your tail to work, regardless of the situation. So Yeah, but they, they have like a, a plow for every like yeah. you know, vehicle on the road. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Here, exactly. we get the dump truck where they throw like a grader on the front. Anyhow, for those of you tuning into an esports podcast, you're probably not here to learn about the road services of the city of Vancouver. Uh, but again, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us. I know over the course of this off season, um, for lack of a better way to describe it, things have been quiet or quieter than, than, than some would like, myself included. I'm not sure if you have had an opportunity to read what I have called my TED Talk, where uh, just before the holidays, I jumped onto Twitter and shared some of my feelings. Um, I want to concede I, I have since seen really good things, and maybe my TED Talk was simply premature based on what, uh, what was being planned to, to take place. But I do appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and you know, tell people straight from the source Here's what I know. Here's what I can share. And here's what's going on with the team. Because I think that's, if there's anything clear, that's just, uh, I think, what most people and most fans want. Yeah, of course. You know what? In our first year, we had you know unparalleled support from our fans. And, and I know, Chris, you you helped lead that charge. And we're very appreciative of it. And, um, you know, with the team coming to Vancouver uh, for this season, you know, we can't wait for them to to see this passion, not just the once or, or two times that they did last year when we did meet and greets, but to see it on a, on a continual basis. Um, I'm not sure if you just, you mentioned this, but you know, I was just in Seoul seeing the team a couple of weeks ago and, and I was talking to them about um, the level of passion that Vancouver has, not just as, as a sports city, but also just as an esports city. And, mm -hmm. and it really, really uh, dawned on them that, you know, yeah, they might be South Korean and, and this is where they've lived their entire lives, but we're representing a great city and a great market. And, and um, you know, when they're here full time, they're going to be excited and, and really they're going to play for the city. So yeah. um, I guess from the outset, I'd like to, 
perhaps uh, apologize just, I guess, for that uh, maybe lack of communication, but, um, you know, just you can be assured that this season, you know, we we want to hear you guys. If, if there's something that you think we can do better as, a, as an organization, as a team, you know, we're all ears, I'm all ears. So, um, you know, we're going to keep uh, communication pretty transparent this year. Um, you can, you can um, bet on that for sure. So, again, I appreciate all the support last year. Um, and you know, this year is going to be a, a whole new journey, I'm sure, but, um, we're looking forward to it. Awesome. So before we actually jump into talking a little bit about the, the team itself and the players, uh, you brought up the, the fact that you were in Seoul, mm-hmm. uh, with the team and I'm actually just more so curious about your role. I mean, obviously you were there, so yeah. connecting with the players, um, what goes on in the day to day of the head of esports communications and team operations? Like, are, are you the guy that I should go and direct everyone to on Twitter when a player, <laughs> player a gets, you know, benched over player B or you, you, know? you could, and I mean, maybe that's a way to raise um, my followers from 40 to, to something a little higher, but um, no, that's, that's not my day to day. My, my day to day is, is um, I'm the primary liaison between um the, the organization and, and the team itself. So mm-hmm. a lot of that is constant communication with Pajon um, and our coaching staff, just seeing, you know, how the players are doing from a, from a, from a health and wellness standpoint, from a motivation standpoint um, and anything that we can do to provide uh, assistance that way. Um, yeah. I was just, I was the, the reason why I, I, um, I went to Seoul came about um, perhaps uh, in mid November Pajon asked um, if if the team could could have a boot camp in in South Korea, and I know at that at that time, you know, several teams, the Toronto Defiant were were over there. Um, I believe the the San Francisco Shock did a boot camp out there as well. So um, you know, again, with with what we want to do as a team and as an organization to support the coach and and the players with you know optimum environment for success, um, I looked at the the feasibility of it. And, um, you know, at the same time, it's not a coach's job to put on a, a boot camp. And I guess for, for sports p- fans, I would equate it to a, a training camp essentially. Training camp, yeah. So, um, you know, the next thing I knew I was on a flight with Jun Jang, our, our, our translator who will again be back this season. Awesome. Um, um, also much needed for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak the language and, um, the six phrases can only get me so far. So, uh, we went on a, we went on a crusade to Seoul and, um, we kind of went uh, hotel hopping to, to find them an environment, um, for them to, to practice in and live in. Um, we went to this, I, I can't remember the name of it now, but we went to an electronics market. It was, the, it was the craziest kind of market place I've ever been to where people are hawking computers and, you know, video game, like just video game consoles that you hadn't seen since, you know. 20 years ago and oh so my my kind of market then huh? <laughs> yeah they really like yeah people are kind of throwing you know yeah saying nintendo telling you nintendo gamecubes are are uh, here to stay and they're trying to sell it to you while you're trying to get a pc made from scratch for for <laughs> your professional esports team to train in so it was it was a pretty spectacular uh place to go to and and you know with obviously with june's help we we got pcs for the guys to train in and and they've since um, started boot camp on the third of January, and and I just I asked Pajon today. I was just on the on the Discord with him, and and he said that uh, you know so far the results have been great. They're they're undefeated, so they're hoping to uh, keep that momentum from last year going. 
Awesome. So as part of the boot camp, there are scrims taking place. Yes. That's that, I mean, that's one of the questions that keeps coming with the Correct. team scrimming. Yep. Absolutely. I think the next question is, who are they scrimming with? Yep. Uh, I don't know if you can yeah, provide I, insight I, You on know that. what? Uh, uh, just out of uh, respect to the other teams that might not want to publish, publicize, I will say that they are scrimming against um, esports or uh, professional Overwatch teams. Okay. Um, that are in the Pacific, um, perhaps uh, very shortly, just with their permission, I can disclose who those are. Mm-hmm. But we're also scrimming against, you know, some of the top level contender teams. Okay. Um, obviously, these guys came from that world, and and um, you know, there's you know, some would argue some of the competition within that Korean contenders world is just as strong as some of the rosters um, on the professional scene. So. Um, they've had great results so far, and, and um, I know this is, a, for them, a great way to start the year, and, and they're hoping these results uh, translate right away to, to the Dallas homestand. Awesome. So that actually sort of takes me to the follow-up question, is the boot camp's going on, they're scrimming, they're, they're getting into game shape. What uh, us in the traditional sports world, or myself at least, would be more accustomed to is a training camp. Mm-hmm. Will there be a preseason? Like last year we saw sort of a couple matches. It didn't work I think as well as as the league may have wanted like if I recall Nate Nanzer came out and started quite publicly on Twitter saying this is not what I envisioned yeah will we see something like that this year or will it be more we're going to see the team yeah in February when they're yeah they're in Dallas? Uh, February 8th will be our, our first game February 7th in, in Dallas um, we will not have a preseason um, I think these these scrims that we're we're holding in uh, in Seoul will serve as those kind of exhibition games for us, but sure. further than that, we won't be having anything. Yeah, and I, I mean, I won't claim to suggest that the the, the preseason that we saw last year, yeah. you know, was like, I, I think there were show matches, and it probably served a purpose. Is just that what people had expected to see, and ultimately what sure. they got, yep, completely different. Uh, Will there be an opportunity to see the team here in Vancouver, the Pacific Northwest, prior to the start of the season? Or might that first opportunity be the homestand? No, uh, no, there will be an opportunity. Um, I guess, yeah, I, uh, (laughs) you caught, you caught me there. So, um, yeah, maybe ruining a surprise here, but regardless of that. So, um, as I mentioned to you kind of, um, before we got on the air here, uh, one of the, one of my big duties, um, as in my role is, is assisting with, um, with kind of all levels of team services and, and the, the kind of the big bucket that I'm dealing with right now is immigration. Um, in order for them to get Canadian work permits, they have to land in Canada. In Canada. So they're going to be here. Um, they're going to be here uh, the week of uh, January 27th. Um, and then while we're here, we are hoping to do some, some certain level of uh, fan activations. And mm-hmm. um, I encourage fans to check out our, our, our social and, and discord channels for, for more info on that, but it, but it's coming in, um, you know, and, and this is something that the guys uh, are passionate about doing too, is, is just doing this, uh, having a certain level of connection right off the get go to start the year. Yeah. I, and you I mean, we look at just last season alone and there wasn't too much of an opportunity to come to the team, but any opportunity that did exist, yeah. big turnout. I, mean, I was also in the one in Seattle mm-hmm. where there was a big turnout. Yeah. So, I believe there's definitely an appetite, uh, even if it's just a matter of to, to meet the players, get autographs. Uh, I think the Q&A part yeah. has driven really well. So hopefully there's there's lots of opportunities. I think that's also going to be what's different with this season compared to last yeah. is that we have, we know of two homestands. Sure. Um, I'm hoping the grand final will be in Vancouver. Um, I expressed this to you at the end of last season. I'm hoping you're pulling all the strings to make that happen. <laughs> I don't I don't have much pull when it comes <laughs> to that. 
but uh, yeah, the the week of the twenty seventh, um, the the team will be here. Um, I don't, I'm not in a position just yet to announce exactly where they're going to stay here, um, but I will say with a certain level of confidence that um, I think it'll make waves in the esports world where, where they're going to live here. And oh, really, um, I think uh, it's going to excite fans. It's definitely exciting the team. Um, it's uh, it's going to hopefully be. Uh, uh, Maybe not an in industry standard that might be, you know, pumping it up a little too much, but yeah. it's definitely going to be something that uh, we're going to hang our hats on proudly as a as a team and hopefully replicate as a model for um, for not just uh, how we hope our esports athletes um, train but live. Awesome. So, and I, I would be it would be remiss of me not to to ask about the making ways. We're not talking about Houston Outlaws making ways. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> And not, you don't need to no, comment, but no, no, that, no. Uh, that if you don't know, Google it, it's all over social. Let's just say that that team house isn't changing. Um, and I feel, and I, sorry, just to add to that, like but, I, I, Harsha, Harsha Bandy, obviously is a good friend of mine from, yeah. from, from being an assistant coach last year. And you know, my, my heart goes out because I, I can just planning the logistics of, of that here in Vancouver. It's not something that's easy or like, can be done with the snap of your fingers. What are you it's, talking about? There's not just team houses, just, you know, a vast supply of them. Kicking I around. wish if there was like, I, where were you three months ago? But um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a process and, and it can be, um, you know, and like I said, in addition to immigration and all, and, and just planning travel, it's, mm -hmm. it's another giant bucket that, cause you want the team to be comfortable and sure. living in the city that they're representing. You want them that to be a top notch, um, type of atmosphere and environment. So, um, yeah, I, I hope all goes well in Houston. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it. I, I jest, um, <clears throat> being as wise, and it's another way of calling me old as I am. I, I've been involved in a, my own sort of condominium association. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like when you have an entire neighborhood, uh, getting involved. Anyhow, uh, back on the Vancouver Titans. So the, question I actually have here has more to do with the, the region. So the Vancouver Titans represent the Pacific Northwest. Right. And I know last season there was definitely an appetite, uh, obviously here in Vancouver, there was an appetite in Seattle, but there's a, an appetite beyond sort of those two metropolitan areas for, mm -hmm. Hey, are we going to see more of the Titans? Do you know of any plans to, to try to, to move around? I get that there's a lot of travel involved, but I know we have listeners who live in just somewhere as near as Vancouver Island who are like, is there going to be an opportunity or something yeah. that I can hang my hat on? Yeah. You know what? It's, um, it's something that we're, we're definitely looking at. Um, but like, like you said, with the way travel is this mm -hmm. year and, and just making sure that no one essentially gets, you know, I hate to use this term, but no one's burnt out from it. Sure. Um, you know, we want to make sure they're taken care of and where they need to be. And and that's not uh, a discredit to those other, you know, areas that, that I'd like to say we represent, you know, the, the Portland, Oregon area. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this is known, but, you know, we also geographically have the rights to Hawaii. Oh, sweet. Uh, <laughs> when, when are we doing a, an on-site exactly. in Hawaii? Yeah, that's where I hope boot camp is next year. That's <laughs> all my power. That's where I'm, it's going to take place. Um, but you know what there, we have fans, um, all over the, I want to just say the Pacific Northwest, but the mm -hmm. Pacific rim, um, and just being in, in Seoul, just, you know, these guys are, are celebrities there. So yeah. it, it just, I saw firsthand that, you know, this, the reach of, of this fan base is, is more than just in the greater Vancouver. And, and we appreciate that. Um, 
our, our, uh, our marketing group does um, several market research um, deep dives in some of those um, market, those areas outside of, of Metro Vancouver. So it's, it's something that they're looking into for sure. But I think from a focus standpoint, our focus, um, my focus is on, you know, making sure that where they live and how we travel is, is top notch, but sure. also, you know, the two homestand events that we have in May and July are top notch. And yeah. if we can perfect though, not if not perfect might be strong, but if we can really have success with those and for sure we can replicate them and send them throughout the region. For sure. sure. Awesome. I, I, and I, I'll be greedy. I prefer all the, the matches to be local, like unless, you know, their Hawaii is okay. I could maybe <laughs> pull that with yeah. the wife, but uh, no, I, I, I do appreciate it. It's one of vast region too. They are, you know, they have fans internationally. I mean, I see it in the statistics when I look at the podcast where my listeners are coming from, right? I, I know uh, it also carries for the fact that the bulk of the roster continues to have a strong following from where they were previously. So, you know, it, it is something to, to, to understand. Sure. Um, talking a little bit about the roster and, and wellness. You had, you had talked how you were, you were really focused on making sure the team was set up for success. And, and I think the, the added wild card for this season, something that has not been done to the scale that's being done in esports, yep. is the Overwatch League travel. Yep. Uh, there was a statistic uh, that someone had had shared on on Twitter about the amount of travel. I think it was like the London Spitfire were going right, to to travel, and yep. it's greater than the Los Angeles Lakers yep. and the NBA. And yep. you know, I, I I don't know what to, the travel would be like for Vancouver, but being a Vancouver Canucks fan, it's generally you know top of any table you look at. Yep. It seems to be the way things are. Yep. When it comes to the addition of travel, there are some that might suggest the the official roster, which as we now know is 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 eight, yep. is maybe smaller than one might have expected. Sure, um, there's not to suggest a a cookie cutter approach. This is the way you succeed. But is it fair for someone to go and look at that sort of smaller roster and wonder, with that increase in travel, that hey, might it be better to have a ninth or a 10th person? Especially when we looked at last season where there was sort yep. of a larger roster, yep. but not to suggest it worked out as well because some of the players who probably deserve to be playing didn't. Yeah, and, and I think that's a fair um, assessment to make, is especially the, the challenges that um, international travel present. Mm -hmm. But I think as an organization and as a team, I think that's where um, setting these guys up for success, those eight core players that, you, that we identified – um, is going to be paramount. And that, again, like I said um, a, f a few minutes ago, is comes into that health and wellness piece. Sure. Is, you know, as much, and I'm not saying that we wouldn't do it if we had 10 to 11 players, but with those eight players, we can really focus our resources in on making sure they, they have optimum, you know, sleep training, sleep um, recovery, proper nutrition, proper, you know, physical health um, and training. So we can really um, hone in our resources on those eight, um, sure. and you and truly, hopefully, um, the results speak for themselves. In that, there's less fatigue when we travel. Um, you know, again, all our resources are are focused in, and and you know, we're not um, we're not kind of you know here one day and then there the next. Like where we can really um, zone in on where we need to be. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's important, and that's kind of. I wouldn't say with clarity, I'm not the general manager, but sure. um, in terms of, of a set roster, we can really, I know I've been saying this a lot, but just really just focus in on those eight. Yeah. And I, you know, I brought up the point, like you look at the roster for last season, it was a larger roster. Yeah. It worked out 
relatively well. I mean, ultimately, we fell a little bit short of the goal, I think, which was the, the grand final win. And one could could argue that, well, you know, you could if you have six, no six work, and there's no issues, you can make it make it happen. But again, I'm I'm a Vancouver sports fan, and maybe a little jaded when it comes to Vancouver sports. There's always something that comes up sure. to your roster. So maybe I'm just I'm applying that Vancouver sports mentality to things when hopefully, I when I wonder. We, we skip that trend here, was yeah. yeah. Um, travel probably I would argue is the largest challenge going into the season. But what other challenges do you foresee there being uh, with you know Overwatch League 2020, the the third season that the league is is going to be on in existence and in turn completely different than from season two. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if challenge is the right word, but definitely something that um, for me personally, it was a little bit unforeseen as a, as a mountain to climb was, um, was immigration, obviously with our, our team being um, South Korean mm-hmm. um, residents and citizens, you know, there's immigration that requires them to be able to, to live in Canada, work and and uh, play games in the United States and in China, and in the United Kingdom, in London and in, in Paris, France. So you know that's you know I I dare someone to f- kind of find me a, another example in, in any professional sports realm where where immigration of that sort is is a, is a requirement. So um, you know, luckily for me, you know I have great um, legal aid to to help with that. Um, sure. But that's something that, from a from a time consumption standpoint, is probably more than I than I thought. Um, and then, of course, just with travel too. I I have the I was fortunate to to work for the Vancouver Canucks for six seasons, um, and you know traveling traveling in professional sports is a lot different in in, in that realm. And professional hockey is different. You know, we we're on charter flights. We're sure. staying at some of the nicest hotels that I would personally never go to just from an affordability standpoint. (laughs) But, you know, you see the level of comfort and the level of care that you take into your athletes and being fortunate to be in that world. I, I can glean on exactly what that standard is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that can set us apart. um, Not just next year, but in years moving forward is, is we have that background in terms of what, what a certain level of, of having a, what team service means. Sure. So, um, and that means, you know, looking at everything, not just, you know, anyone can book a flight, but looking at flights to optimize, you know, you know, the level of fatigue and, and, and less in jet lag, things like that, of that nature, that's stuff I'm still learning. I'm not I'm far from an expert at that, but, but as a team, we have that background having, you know, mm-hmm. uh, spent that time with the Vancouver Canucks and having that, that, uh, support system behind us. Yeah. I think that's something that um, we have that we can benefit of. Sure. So, so, you know, I'm going to have to ask you this because the Vancouver Canucks traveled in the cruise ship in the sky. That was a crystal air or whatever. There's like a charter plane that to China. Yeah. Yeah. To China. Yeah. Is that what the, the Titans will be traveling in? No, no, far from <laughs> it. Far from it. I, you know, I, I saw pictures of that when yeah. it happened and I, I was blown away that a plane like that exists. And then part of me is like, no, it actually kind of makes sense that yeah. something like that exists. And it's probably more than just one. Yeah. Uh, looking at this season, I would, I would, believe the grand final getting back to it is, is the goal and like any competitive team yep. winning it. Yeah. Um, what other goals does, does the team have for this season? I'm glad you asked that because um, when I was in Seoul, I, I spent a lot of time with, with,
with Pajon and our coaching staff just to, to, to ask them, you know, beyond, of course, we're in it to win it. I mean, anyone who tells you anything differently is probably lying to you, but there's got to be a little, a couple more intrinsic goals. And, and I think for, for us and um, for me and for the coaches, one thing we want to do is, is, is build up a, a larger following in this, in this market and in this city. Um, you know, the one thing that, that we came um, to some level of um, some level of agreement on is, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to get to this level of competing in the Overwatch League. And we want players to be able to optimize this to every um, faculty possible. Mm -hmm. So obviously that means, you know, winning at the highest stage, like you just said, not just making it to the grand finals, but perhaps winning it. But also, you know, um, from a personal standpoint, you know, making it to those, to the all-star game. Um, also, you know, helping with, you know, marketing and endorsement uh, opportunities. Those are um, heavily present in, in a market like this, which mm -hmm. is, as you know, you know, very. Um, uh, there's there's quite a an Asian population in this market, so you know those opportunities are there, and 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 that's something that as a um, from a from a business standpoint, we're looking at too. We want the the players to to you know as much as they focus on winning and focus on on, on playing the game at the highest level, we also want them to be able to maximize those opportunities to to be out there, to engage with fans, to enjoy the sights and sounds of the city. I mean, yeah. I was in, um, you know, personally traveling myself with the, with this team in the Seattle surge. One thing I'm looking forward to is just the, the just the cultural um, worlds that I would have, wouldn't have otherwise experienced. Mm -hmm. um, so I want them to be able to, to, you know, when, when um, their careers are all said and done, just to look back and to think, wow, that was a really cool experience to be able to travel to France and yeah. the United Kingdom and China um, and, and live in Canada. So that's, that's, I know it's a lot more of a holistic goal, but it's, it's something that um, the coaches and I have, I've spoken a lot about. And, and I know the organization supports as well in terms of, you know, there's, there's, there's a bigger, there's a bigger goal here that from a personal standpoint that players can get out of this and coaches and myself and, really everyone in this space. So awesome. And, and I, I mean, I see all those as really good things. Like I, I talk about this on, on, on an, almost every episode. I, I reference the fact that uh, I am probably well outside. I think the target demographic when it comes to age, <laughs> I wouldn't I mean, say that. Uh, maybe, maybe trending that direction. But, but uh, one of the things that I get asked often, well, why, why do you record the podcast? Why do you enjoy, you know, the bank, watching the Vancouver Tights? Why do you enjoy it? Overwatch yeah. for me, it's, it's sort of the, it's what I get out of this beyond the yeah. game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the people that I meet, the listeners that I get to connect with the community yeah. and that's the, the intrinsic motivator. And so, you know, this podcast isn't meant to be about Chris. It's meant to be about the Vancouver Tigers, sure. but it's something that really resonates with me that there's this desire uh, to have that almost as a, as an equal pillar to mm -hmm. the end goal. I want the Vancouver Titans to win. The Vancouver Titans want to win. Uh, to use a sports analogy, the Edmonton Oilers had to lose a Stanley Cup final to start their sure. dynasty. So my hope is the Titans are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, anything else that you can uh, share or, or give insight to uh, to all of our listeners on on the world of the Vancouver Titans or the the world of Alfred Devera, the head of esports communications and team operations? Well, the world of Alfred Devera is a little more complex, so that I'm sure that your listeners don't want to hear that. But you know what? I'll just echo what I said um, several times: is that the Titans are are, are really excited to represent the city and, and this, and this market. And, you know, they're excited to, 
to live here um, full time. Um, it's going to be kind of a grind of a season, and they know that. And and I think the way that they're training is 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 prepping them for that. Um, and as a as a company and as a team, you know, we're going to. And I don't, I don't want to give this spoiler alert yet, but just the way that we're going to essentially take care of them and um, is going to be, I think, um, something that you know the industry might take a look at and with 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 quite a smile and quite a raised eyebrow in terms of, in a good way. Awesome. Um, so um, we're just looking forward to it. And, and again, with, with um, uh, in terms of our fans, I just, I just want to thank you again for your support. And, and again, you know, let's keep um, communication open throughout. So whether it's asking you a question, Chris, I mean, you can up my followers from 40 onwards, I'm sure, or, you know, on our official channels on Twitter, Instagram, you know, join our discord channel as well. You know, we're always open and, we're going to be transparent this year. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, two final questions. It's something new we're going to be doing with all of our guests uh, this season. The first question, what is the first video game you remember playing? The first video game? Um, probably uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition. Right. Like uh, the arcade style or on uh, the console? Probably on, probably on Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, whether it was M. Bison, Blanca, I, I'm pretty good with every character, probably to this day. I don't mm. know. Yeah, see, I, I was uh, Chun-Li, E-Honda, um, Blanca, just because I can smash buttons real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a fun game, and uh, that's that's the one I remember. We, uh, you know, just as soon as you got to, I think M. Bison was the final. It was, yeah. That was, I don't know, seven years old. I just uh, running up and down the stairs excited. <laughs> uh, and the second question, a follow-up to that, what's your favorite video game? Um. Maybe it's it goes back to that that love of that kind of Street Fighter game that I had, but you know I I recently bought a, a Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay, which I, I never thought I'd I'd own I, um, from a console standpoint, but my God, do I love Super Smash Brothers! Like it is so much fun, and I know there's tournaments around the city. I know there was one in yeah, uh, Smash is big. I don't know enough about yeah, Smash to and, talk and, about it, but I know it's big. And I'm not I'm not here to to you know to to tout my skills, but like. I, I still, I still got it a little bit. So it's a, it's a fun game. I I can see how as an esport it's growing in in and of itself. So it's, it's a lot of fun to play. Awesome. Well, we'll have to, I I have smash. I don't play it all that often. I'm not that good, but maybe we'll have to set up a a Vancouver Titans community smash, smash tourney or bracket or something like that. Uh, well, thanks again for, for joining us on uh, the podcast. Uh, Hopefully this is the first of of many opportunities to, to get you on. Always enjoy chatting with you. Uh, But uh, we're going to take a short break here and uh, go straight to the fray. As we start the fray, I am going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Titans and the the interview that we just heard with uh, Alfred. Uh, I'm going to throw it to the two of you because I was there. I got to, to hear it firsthand. Um, anything uh, stand out from that uh, interview that you wanted to, to talk about? Um, well, fans of the Canucks should have a, have a deep laugh because the sleep doctors are back, baby. <laughs> So, so for those of you guys that don't know, like a, a while, 
Uh, would you say it's it's closer it to ten the, years now? Almost well, ten years. It would have right? been the Mike Gillis era. Mike Gillis, Mike Gillis era, Gillis yeah. So just year. about ten years ago, like one of the things the Canucks management noticed was that the Canucks, compared to the other teams in the league, were traveling significantly more. So they they made a big deal about this on investing in uh, sleep doctors and investing in and making sure that the the Canucks were taken care of. I don't know if they had like floating beds on the plane or or something like that. Um. So, so that was my not big takeaway, but but I I think it's really interesting, and I think Alfred's new role is really cool because I think it's it's relatively new to esports having someone dedicated to to the wellness and and uh, health of of the actual players of, of both squads. Um, so so at least for now, I I buy it. Um, the fact that they're they're going choosing to kind of quality over quantity, they're going to focus more individually with each of these players. Um, and I'm excited at their new digs. Yeah, no, it's true. Like uh, we do have the advantage of having people who have worked for like the old fashioned, like classic sports. We always go back to that angle that have a lot of experience in just catering to uh, high travel times to a lot of high pressure situations. And it, it's not really that different. That's the model that the Overwatch uh, League has set out for itself. And, and another note, like I'm just happy to hear anything from uh, coming from the Titans uh, staff, it's it, it, the last uh, months or so kind of uh, took me back to those early days of uh, of SignCat and and somewhat not even <laughs> like uh, believing in the fact that we have a team. So it, it's it's good to hear from them. It's good to like uh, get some solid confirmation about some queries that we might have had. So it's just again nice to hear from them. No, and and you've heard that from what Alfred was saying. I mean, he he owned the fact that the off season has been quieter than probably they wanted it to be. Um, there were a number of reasons as to why that was. We've talked a little bit about it on the last episode. Uh, and we are seeing signs that things are changing. Uh, yeah. On social, they're more active. They're very active in Discord. That is you know, quite a bit different than what it was last year. I mean, you think about last year, who was the only person active? It was Matt. <laughs> yeah. And so Maybe- when- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm saying maybe that's part of that sleep therapy. Maybe they've been hibernating <laughs> for the last like couple of months. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we are seeing positive things. So I think it's important to, to mention the Vancouver Titans are starting to follow through on what they're saying uh, they want to do. And I don't see any reason to doubt uh, that they are starting to turn the corner. Maybe they're not turning the corner as fast as, I or you or some in the community might like, and that's fair game, but they are turning the corner and that's important. Uh, the few things that, uh, you know, he had mentioned that I, I just wanted to, to summarize one, uh, the point about going to Korea and from the sounds of things, sourcing their boot camp PCs in what I would equate to like Richmond night market. <laughs> like I, I, I have not been to Korea and I, I, so I can't go and suggest I, I, fully understood what Alfred was describing to me, but it was a very, you know, quick point he had touched on that kind of caught me by surprise. Cause I would have, I would have thought that, you know, HP by Omen computers would have been there or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, or Omen that, by HP. That's or just your marketing working. <laughs> um, I'm a little of, hurt. Alfred didn't invite me to Korea. I'm disappointed. Well, we could have had a lot of fun live next stream, time, but then, yeah. I, I had my contract dispute, so yeah, I, you you, I, you had your chance to negotiate. Yeah, uh, the Titans team house. We still don't obviously know where or what it will be, but I am genuinely intrigued because I mean he seemed 
quite excited. Like, I know it doesn't maybe come across in the audio form, but when he was describing, you could see Alfred light up and, and when he was talking about the potential of what the team house and sort of essentially their their housing will be. I, it got me thinking, like, you know, are they taking over a floor of, of the tower or uh, <laughs> at the Rodge or something like that and, like, converting it? Nice. I know what it is. I know why he's excited. Have you seen the latest uh, BC assessment reports? Well, they, <laughs> that, that took a blow. <laughs> yeah, so it's much more affordable now. Yeah. Um, the uh, and then yeah, the last thing, uh, which it, you know, it's it's not yet been public, and it's possible our podcast may be breaking this still because anything happens before high noon on a Wednesday. Uh, but the Titans uh, should be in town uh, in uh, two weeks time. So sometime during the week of the 27th, they'll be in Vancouver. And the hope is, is to have something that we as fans can uh, do to connect with them. Uh, so, you know, Lots of things to, to look forward to. And as you know, uh, RSP is going to be the source for that information. The moment's available. Not only are we going to ensure that you can uh, hear all about it, you'll hear about it on a, an episode the soon, as soon as we can outright share it with you. So enough of the Vancouver Titans. Let's talk about the Overwatch League. Uh, the revolving door of broadcast talent continues to swirl around. Uh, Semler is now out. Uh, although his departure, he had explained that the game and the meta uh, evolution um, don't resonate with his style. And that sort of made sense. Like the way he was talking about where he came from with with uh, CS yeah. and where sort of uh, Overwatch was, was going to. And I'll use GOATS as an example. I mean, that was completely opposite. Like seeing someone sort of pop off and GOATS wasn't going to happen. And then in the Shield meta, it's became very turtly. So, you know, he is departing and saying that, Hey, you know, I'm not completely out. I, you might see me, but I'm going to sort of go to where I feel, you know, my abilities are best, uh, best served. The other person that is out the door is Malik. Now this one, I kind of was surprised by, uh, we don't completely know the reasons why and Malik sort of, you know, parted way, but, Rumor has it that it's related to remuneration. And for those of you who are curious, well, what is that word? Money. The rumor is that the contract that was offered to him was less uh, or lower than he felt he deserved. And as a result, through contract negotiations, sometimes you got to know when to walk away. And, and that's what happened. Mm. I can't suggest that seeing your season one and season two broadcast talent leaving in, you know, the weeks prior to a big season as being anything but somewhat concerning. We talked a little bit on the last episode how, yes, it creates opportunity. And yes, there will be people filling these roles. We're going to hear, I would imagine, more announcements uh, in the coming, coming days, coming weeks. But it's just not something that that strikes me as being an activity that inspires confidence mm. well here's the thing like there are so many up-and-comers uh, of, of casting and talent that have done a, a wonderful work uh, in t2 and contenders and i assume they were paid even less so there's a lot of up-and-comers who want those spots and uh, you see the retiring players uh, stepping up as well. So there are many uh, people who are vying for these jobs. Uh, 
and it's just kind of the economy of of all things. And we we do know that esports uh, is is a shorter career, not just for athletes, so probably for talent as well. And uh, money is is a big issue, obviously for everyone. That's kind of like how we were able to keep uh, Sam Chan in house, and we didn't lose him to the desk. But <laughs> over at Overwatch League, but yeah, that's I think. I think they're going to just bring up a bunch of uh, people from uh, t- tier two, like Leg Day, maybe um, ZPs. Well, we, he already, already announced. Yeah, 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 yeah. And get it straight. In Canada, we say it's ZP. <laughs> ZP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just trampling. I, I think of the three of us, I'm probably the most critical on the league itself. Um, I wouldn't say that. Like, I think every year in in any professional league people come people go and that's normal but i think the the criticism here is is just the the way things have been handled this late into the off season um i don't know when contracts were due maybe it was january 1st or whatnot and this stuff is just coming out now but if they were going to play hardball and by they i mean the league was going to play hardball with with you know retaining talent um I I really hope that they have some positive announcements to make because because the the kind of ball of negativity around the Overwatch League is 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 quickly snowballing, um, and that goes from things like ticket sales to we can draw back to the sale of the Houston Outlaws earlier in the season to now kind of names that we've become accustomed to and like like we are creatures of habit, right? So if we're used to seeing Malik, if we're used to seeing Semler um then that is the the best we know and when you replace it with nothing people tend to get very upset so so i think i think the the positive overwatch guys like even even like omni was saying is saying like well that's great it gives other people opportunities to rise up and and i completely agree with that but like let's see some faces let's give us something to be excited about even if we're spinning positive articles you got to give us something to to talk about and in that sense i think overwatch is very much spinning spinning on its wheels well you're not you're definitely not wrong i mean i i believe there is this need for some positivity to come out uh, we know at some point in time there's going to be discussion about jerseys uh, at least for the Vancouver Titans, but from the sounds of things, other teams as well. Uh, so there is sort of that that's going to to occur. We're getting close enough now to the season that we're also going to start to see some more concrete information. Um, as we heard in the interview with Alfred, there is not going to be a preseason uh, similar to, to what we saw last year. Uh, so that means you know between now and the start of the season, it's a cold cold turkey start, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I wish we could so go and say like, oh, every time you know someone is no longer going to be coming back, like a similar remote league, there is an equivalent. Hey, here's an opportunity for this person to to become more involved, and that's I think sort of what's missing. On top of that, we know there will be travel. We know there is going to be a, a stretch of the the broadcast talent, and and you know Alfred was talking about it in reference to the Titans and the need to acquire visas that same need is going to exist uh, for any talent that needs yeah. to travel. But that also introduces a, a different uh, scenario. Could it be that broadcast talent that we're accustomed to may not travel as much with the teams and that in turn we s- may see more locally sourced talent? So that does potentially open the door 
to Omni and Sam being your play-by-play in color for the uh, <laughs> Vancouver Titans. I'd be uh, really sad for the state of the league if that were to happen. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're just going to tilt right there and there on the, on, on the stage. Better get that bleep button working. Yeah. I'll be the guy holding up the sign uh, in the uh, stand saying the, the two guys on the desk suck. <laughs> uh, what other news is coming out of the Overwatch League? Well, it is now official. The uh, best kept secret in the Overwatch League, the San Francisco Shock, the Los Angeles Valiant, and the Florida Mayhem Colors are all officially different. Uh, we, we, We've been talking about this the the last few episodes, but those are the three teams that are seeing shifts in their their color. Uh, the kicker to some, however, is that all of those old skins that you have purchased are not going to translate over into new skins. So all those Overwatch League tokens that you have since spent, while they will still represent the old version mm. of the team, you now need to drop more tokens to get the new version of the team. But I guess, hey... Everyone's got to make a buck. So it's kind of like with, uh, again, traditional sports, once they come up with new jerseys that, you know, I got to buy a new one. And that's, that's you're right. That's not anything that's unique to what we're seeing with the Overwatch League. I mean, it, yeah. for those internationally, I mean, football or what we would know as soccer in North America is, is big about this. Uh, new sponsor on the jersey, uh, new kit. Uh, new manufacturer, new kit. And that, in turn introduces like they have their this style of jersey that style of jersey so we're seeing this in the overwatch league to some respect as far as the the actual skins themselves though mayhem hot love it valiant not entirely sure the boston uprising needed a (laughs) a sibling franchise yeah and the san francisco shock colors i don't know what to think It, it feels to me that they kind of went plain eh, they're, they're not that much different from what they had last time just more dark gray than before no but that's not really what i mean like yeah the, the yeah. shift was so minor that really it was like yeah why? you know they remind me of that you know that plain uh, overwatch league um skin that you used to get from cheering <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of like what it looks like to me on a semi-related note to uh, Runaway, though, like we are still connected to that whole bunch in a way. Uh, Mayhem's um, GM, he was on uh, like recently on a podcast, and he actually said that they do want to connect with that Miami Vice vibe that they have with Runaway branding because they signed a bunch of players from there. So and there's the actual some 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 uh, connection to that. It was GM. Yeah, I think it's his name is. Yeah. I really liked the the mayhem colors, but I I kind of wish they would have went teal as the primary and pink as the secondary mm. because the skins itself look a little too close to the spark in yeah. my opinion. Mm. Um, I I dig the colors. I just think that the execution could have been uh, flip flopped. Maybe um, yeah yeah on the valiant. I surprisingly I actually like it. I think it's it's different yeah, enough from the no for real. I I'm. I've been around long enough for the, for the um, Omni will know what I'm talking about. The, the MPLS, the Lakers that, that have those colors. Um, of course, UCLA has those colors. So, <laughs> and then, and then your bloody chargers that no one cares about. Um, but, but I think it, it's representative. I'm not sure why they needed yeah. the change, but 
but I, I don't mind it. It is a little too much blue in the league overall, but hey, they, they got to focus on themselves. They can't care about Overwatch overall. I don't know. There's just like uh, Chris said, we already have like Boston, which is so, so, so similar. So we had that before with Atlanta and then and, and Toronto. It's kind of confusing. We have now eight blue teams. And it's kind of like a thing with a lot of sports uh, leagues. Everybody is just in love with that blue color. I mean, <laughs> fine, I get it, but it's a little bit. Maybe overly- Boston should go Celtic green. Oh, that's that could be a good point. Um, maybe, so, maybe. So I, I I do like the correlation with with you know like the the sport history of the town. Um, although I think I think LA residents will will debate whether that's the colors they want because yeah. you know. And it's a shame because I kind of like their uh, dark green and and gold colorway. It's pretty nice. It's definitely different from a lot of other colors yep. that we see in the league. So Uprising should snatch that up. Maybe didn't I don't think they have uh too much of a, a budget to actually <laughs> you took the word out of my brain. <laughs> and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about in the fray is what's going on with the PTR. Why is that important? Because uh, it has been confirmed that the current PTR patch will be what Overwatch uh, twenty Overwatch League twenty twenty will use when the uh, season kicks off uh, the beginning of February. So, if for some reason you have not heard what's going on in the PTR right now, let me give you a synopsis. Uh, nerfs are going to occur to Baptiste, Doomfist, Hanzo, May, and Arissa. Diva, well, she gets a buff now. What are these adjustments going to actually be? Well, Baptiste, his immortality field duration is dropping from 8 to 5 seconds. Cooldown is increasing from 20 to 25. And his amplification uh, amplification matrix uh, ultimate is going to increase in cost. This kind of makes sense because Baptiste is a damage hero with a support kit. Baptiste 76. Pretty much. So at least now his support kit is a little bit harder to obtain, but it, it, it's still like, it blows my mind that side by side, Baptiste can dish out more damage than a soldier can. I never really played him at all in competitive until this season. Man, I have like 70% win percentage with him and I never really actually played him. He's so strong. It's 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 bonkers. I think this nerf is not even enough. Maybe you should give his like uh, ultra jump to soldier or something well, like that. He has so much things he ha- like he well, his can kit, do. Yeah, his, his kit is extremely comprehensive. There's been suggestions that the immortality field should actually be the ultimate. And so the immortality field would then have a duration of a period of time, maybe equivalent to what the amplification matrix gets. And then the app matrix would in turn be the, the secondary or, uh, and, or, you know, tertiary, however you want to uh, describe it. And then the actual damage output would be decreased significantly to make it more in line with a a cool down uh, uh, effect. But that still doesn't deal with the whole situation of, and yeah. he heals, and he heals so much too. Yeah, like it's uh, about the only thing that I think could ha- could be done here with with Soldier is making his his own heal maybe so significant that he can just stand there like a a turret, just swap him to heal to support. Well, well, almost, but no. Like you think about Soldier right now, 
Soldier's Kit um, is about simplicity and being able to deal damage and then escape, sort of deal damage and escape. And the problem is where you start to go and look at the, you know, the current meta and the current structure of the game as we see it. Soldier doesn't provide you the same benefit that you get out of a Baptiste. But imagine a soldier's, you know, secondary's heal allowed him to have such a significant gain that he could stand and simply shoot and, you know, almost become a little tanky on the spot. Then you start to, in my mind, maybe see people, you know, give them a look. I I know we're talking support and damage and it's the comparison Mm -hmm. does not correlate at all, but I, I chose soldier in the one DPS queue that I got to actually take part in and instantly people are, are, are like, why are you taking soldier? Why are you taking soldier? Why are you taking soldier? Yeah. Switch, switch, switch. They should uh, maybe put uh, another damage boost uh, effect on his heal radius thing just for himself. That, that could be nice. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting like it being sort of a team based buff, but something that yeah. makes him as a choice more practical. And for his legs meme, it makes so much sense for him to have like the high jump. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm uh, actually okay with Soldier being, I don't know, not as relevant in, in meta because I think that Soldier is always the gateway character when you're you're coming over from any FPS. So oh. so beginners are always gonna pick it first. Uh, I, so, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that, but I, I, I think he has reached the point of irrelevance though. Yeah. He is the, when do you pick Soldier? When in you start learning the game. And yeah, then in you the move tutorial where you have no choice, Man, and uh, probably the first match if you're unsure, but beyond that, it, it, you, you very rarely see soldier getting picked. I mean, I, we can all play soldier to our heart's content. I just want to see overwatch league talent play soldier. That's what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, may, uh, her nerf. Uh, so the slowing effect from her, her primary, uh, is only going to reduce, uh, enemy movement, uh, from 20 to 70%, which is actually down from 30 to 90. So the slow effect has been oh. reduced and the actual duration has actually been reduced from one and a half seconds to only one second. So no longer can you sit there once they've fro- you frozen them and think, oh, I'll just get a few more little pokes in before I go in and use my secondary. It, it, you have to use your secondary real quick. That's uh, another character that's like oh so powerful right now. <laughs> uh Arissa, her fortify damage reduction is being reduced from 50% to 40%. Uh Hanzo's storm arrow, uh, the projectile speed is dropping from 125 to 110. Uh can, can they stop please like changing his projectile? I don't get it. Like I hate it. Every time I wish they would just tweak his ammo or cooldowns, and you have to relearn aiming with Hanzo every freaking time they change this projectile thing. Just, just do what I do, never pick him. Uh, and then Doomfist his rising uppercut uh, recovery time has been increased from 0.2 to 0.5 seconds so this I actually don't mind Um, we sort of saw especially at the end of the the Overwatch League season where where Doomfist's ability to uppercut and bolt was was so quick that uh, he, he was equivalent to what I would say Tracer and Poke (laughs) <laughs> now you get a little bit more of a beat to actually deal hurt or possibly stun or crowd control him right. uh, from that escape. I think what makes him like really strong now and what, and the, the one nerf he really needs is to uh, bring up the cooldown on his voice lines a little bit. <laughs> and they say, and they say that you can't win against this. You, you just can't. 
The one buff that we are seeing, however, to D.Va, where her cooldown for her boosters has been decreased from five seconds to three seconds. Cool. Is she going to land? Well, second aerial character. Yeah, I was watching someone on the uh, in a custom playing around with her, and there are areas of the map that you can actually go and f- fall and not fall to your death because the booster cooldown will will finish and you'll just fly up again. Like it, it introduces a dynamic to her that I don't mind. Um, you know, cause you got to consider like the amount of, uh, you know, burst damage that she used to have now that it's gone, doesn't sort of put her in a place that she works well in my mind with the, the, the current world of overwatch. So can we like for, before we proceed have a moment of silence for Farah? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she, she's pretty much gone now. That's like, but she's like diva to my in my mind is is essentially the the flying version of Hammond. <laughs> That's a good like uh, analogy. Plus right, like, with a matrix. Yeah, with the matrix. So not only can she fly around and like sort of push people a little bit and then you know run away, uh, she can eat your alt. But Hammond, he just rolls around and goes bowling. So here we are at the end of a pretty cool episode. Uh, we got to hear from Alfred Devera at the Vancouver Titans, talked a little bit about uh, what was going on in the world of our favorite team. Uh, we talked a little bit about what's going on in the world of the Titans that we've seen from Titans Court from Social. Uh, we talked a little bit about what's going on in the Overwatch League. Before we sort of get into our final words, one thing I did want to share, and we did share it on social. Last year, we participated in Extra Life. And for those who may not have heard about this uh, uh, during the campaign, Extra Life is uh, essentially an organization that helps raise funds for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Uh, Myself, Sam, we raise funds for the BC Children's Hospital here in Vancouver. And uh, collectively, uh, Team RSP, uh, so the three of us, as well as uh, Manatee Rampage, we raised over $1,100 uh, Canadian for, for Extra Life, which is phenomenal. Um, and it has inspired me to get us registered already for the 2020 uh, uh, calendar year. So Team RSP will be back. Uh, I do hope that we'll have some some events throughout the year where we can raise funds for for the Extra Life campaign. I also want for you, as our, our listeners, uh, to get involved. If you want to learn more about Extra Life, um, simply shoot me a message. Uh, I'll I'll give you the uh, the four one one. But uh, more importantly, you're going to see us as the season kicks off. Talk a little bit more about it. How you can get involved in our plans around the campaign. But no really awesome. And, 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 you know, the two of you as well, thank you for getting behind me on this. This has been a campaign I've supported personally for a number of years, and I'm glad that we've been able to do something with the, uh, the podcast. Yeah, not at all. It's uh, the more the merrier. It's a good cause. And uh, I appreciate everybody who donated. The other thing is that uh, if you can do us a solid by rating our podcast, I talk about this all the time. First and foremost, any review that is provided for RSP gets read verbatim by me, unless I'm not there and it falls to either Sam or Omni, but uh, we will read it verbatim uh, to give you the ability to showcase your love or hate for us, because I will read it either way. Uh, the only asterisk to this 
is I try to keep the podcast clean. We've got kids listening here, so uh, we may censor some of the text, but we will read it for the most part. Now, the other way that you can get involved uh, with our podcast is by dropping us an actual message. Now, I'm not going to share the phone number that we have because Sam always makes fun of me. <laughs> but we actually have a new way that you can actually drop that message, and that's by going to voicelink.fm slash poem. Uh, that will allow you to, from your browser, from your phone, wherever it happens to be, whatever device you're using, to leave a quick voice message, uh, you know, share your thoughts with the podcast. Maybe you want to ask us a question and have us answer it. Maybe you want to share a recipe uh, to the best Korean dish that you feel uh, I need to try. Although, in fairness, I live life very cautiously, so there's a very strong unlikelihood that I'll actually make it. But hey, you want to share it to the listeners? Best way to do it, voicelink.fm slash ready, set, phone. So what final words of wisdom do the two of you have for all of our uh, RSP listeners? So uh, winter is time for home. Justify that high rent or mortgage and stay indoor, friends. God, it is so cold out there right now. I've had so many issues with the SkyTrain these last two days. One time it didn't open the doors, didn't close them. There were sparks flying about. Uh, today it actually went the wrong way for one station. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it was uh, quite Horrifying. weird. <laughs> for those of you listening to this podcast, you may think stereotypically that Canadians love and live in winter where there's snow and ice and, uh, you know, below freezing temperatures uh, for a very long time. Not here in the tropical part of Canada. The fact that we have snow on the ground and temperatures where we don't actually get positive, they remain, you know, below zero, which is uh, what we would refer to uh, in Celsius, is not something we're accustomed to. The entire city starts to short circuit. Sparks fly from people because that's how, you know, bad things are. And uh, no one knows how to drive in the snow, except for that one person who says they do, but really they don't. <laughs> Sam? Crazy. I only got two words for you guys. Suck toe. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do that. I can't do that to Alfred, uh, who you know took time out of his schedule to join us. But boy, if we didn't have back. him, we didn't have man, we'd have an episode titled "Suck Toe." <laughs> we should. We should have like a suck toe sticker. I, I think Can so. We, uh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not into this club. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, if you if you were part of our our classic quick play group, you might be. <laughs> so now instead of like the yeah, instead of catch with like Sakto, the best part is right. he dropped the game after, and then the new guy came in with an instant L, and he's like, "I'm literally in spawn, and I just just got the L." <laughs> and I'm like, I, I chat. I'm like, uh, that's the fault of the guy who dropped Sakto and left. <laughs> Oh, anywho, uh, as for me, uh, you know, I'm becoming more and more excited as we get closer to the, the start of the season. Uh, I'm also becoming more and more 
positively engaged with everything that we're seeing from the Vancouver Titans. So as I sort of talked about earlier, I think they finally turned a corner. I'm hoping they continue to turn that corner. And when they do hit the gas, start that season on a, a positive note in all aspects, uh, not only in the, uh, the game itself with the, the team that we're going to be talking about throughout the season, but organizationally with everything that they can do to help uh, drive this community. If there's one thing that is important to me out of all of this, it is the Vancouver Titans community. You hear me refer to us as the force of nature faithful uh, on social media, and that is because it is us who continue to tune in even when we have vast periods of silence, even when we don't have anything more to really talk about. We record podcasts, you're an RSP core, Titans core, you're talking. And what we can do to help em- embrace the community, foster the community, help it grow, uh, that's what we're all about. So on behalf of Omni and Omni Strife, Sam, who signed on the dotted line at another Sam Chan, and myself, Chris Atlight, for signing off from the RSP podcast with those magical two words that are not suck toe catchphrase. Thank you.